Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Best in Leeds podcast. You're here with Craig and Sam. Sam, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's been a little while since we've done this. Yeah, has been a bit of a gap. We've had a very busy few weeks, in fairness. I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners have as well. It's um, been a hectic summer. I think the last time we spoke to you guys was Leeds Festival, um, the preview. It was, yeah, it the Leeds. Everything You Need to Know Guide. Yeah, well, Leeds Festival has now been and gone, and the site at Bramham is even clean by all accounts as well, which is a miracle, given what it was like when I left it. <laughs> Not just my fault, obviously. No, yours was very neat and tidy. Yeah, it was okay, it was okay. But yeah, it's been an amazing summer, Sam. So we had Leeds Festival, obviously, um, yeah. big headlines there, Kendrick Lamar, it was probably the standard act, and obviously had Fallout Boy and Kings of Leon as well. And then we've had Pride the last couple of weeks as well, and also um, the carnival. Amazing things. You covered the carnival. What was that like? Yeah, the carnival was great. It was such a fun day. Um, our reporter, Christian, was on the ground, so I had the comfort of being able to sit in my kitchen with a cuppa and uh, sort of watch it all unfold. Yeah, it was lovely. Uh, we got some amazing pictures. Um, if you've not seen them already, please head to the Leeds Live website and just check out some of our photo galleries because the... The sheer amount of detail and structure that go into those costumes is just phenomenal. Yeah. It really is the colours and, and well, you saw for yourself, didn't you? You had a rather nasty surprise when you got back from Leeds Festival. Yeah, I mean, despite spending a few weeks writing about Carnival, I think my mind was so sort of Leeds Festival focused a little bit, particularly on the weekend of Leeds Festival being there. I got back from the festival and that my site was on the side, my house from the site is only about 20, 25 minute drive. Yeah. So that was great, you know, back, have a shower, chill out, with, you know, day off. It's nice to catch up and things. Um, I got to like where my house is, and all the roads are closed. And I have to admit, being a bit grog, <laughs> I didn't clock on. And I was like, why can't I get to my house? And I wasn't. I was thinking more sort yeah. of rude words than that. Why can't I get to my house? <laughs> but um, I couldn't get to my house. And then eventually, I did. Then I realised it was carnival. I was like, oh good. And then yep. it went on all day. I would say uh, literally yeah. unfolded on your doorstep, which then, is quite funny. And then for so yeah, it's literally like pretty much the street I live on. Um, and then it was weirdly because even despite writing about it. I thought it was finishing about 5 pm, and I thought that's quite cool. It's a Monday, family yeah. event, all that, and like if it's about 5, great. Oh, it's no, a no. whole party. I think at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning it was still going on, which, you know what, I was fine with, but I was a bit tired. Yeah, I think when you've come for it from the back of Leeds Festival and Carnival that happens outside your house, I think anybody would feel a bit like it. But the crowds that were on the streets had a great time. Yeah. There was such a lovely community atmosphere, a real sort of celebration of diversity as well. I think Leeds is such a multicultural city these days that just highlight um, you know, one area of our culture and sort of celebrate it are just so heartwarming. They're yeah. so nice to see. And it's great to see everyone come together. And what was what I really liked to say um, just as a throwaway thing was I say I went and watched the parade and stuff and that was really fun and then like we saw some of the floats. But one thing that really stood out to me was they have like massive stages erected in houses in the gardens. Yeah. I didn't I didn't, I didn't expect that. No, there was a few food stalls as well. There was people selling like drinks stalls, and yeah. food and stuff from their front gardens. It gave me food for thought for next year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. You could open up that little shed thing yeah, you have in your just, garden. Just, yeah, just sell, <laughs> Make it a, sell bar. a bit of food. Yeah, a bit of drink <laughs> in there, a bit of food. But yeah, this one, this one in particular, so right across from the part where it's taking place, there was one stage which... It was about sort of like it was called scaffolding. It was about sort of three tiers up effectively, mm-hmm. and there was an MC just going for it, and like DJs that was playing there. Brilliant. They, they played there until like we, because me and my friend popped in for a bit, and then we popped to watch the football, and we came back, and it was still going at about 11, 12, and I'm pretty sure it was still going. That was the bit that was going later as well. Yeah. Because people were dancing in the street. Quite oh literally. yeah, yeah. It becomes a massive sort of street party. It was cool. Yeah, obviously, you've got everything it. going on in Potter Newton Park as well. Like it's such a big event on the calendar. Um, and speaking of big, colourful events, obviously we had Pride as yeah. well at the start of August. Um, 
Was that? Yeah, it was the start of August, yeah. It, this year's going too quickly. August, um, August in particular sort of blended into one yeah, a little bit. Yeah, all of the events happened in August. But yeah, I went down for the parade for Pride and it was just really great. The um, the variety and the sort of different organisations that come out for Pride mm. now is brilliant. It's not just specific LGBT groups, like every major supermarket was there. Football club. The football club yeah. came out, the Rhinos came out, the universities were there, like every Leeds business wanted to be part of this parade. And I can see why, because it was great fun, the music and the costumes and, and yeah, just the, there was just such a fantastic atmosphere in town. There was a lot of love in Leeds that day, it was really nice. And um, just a bit further afield as well, we had our good friend Noel Gallagher returned. For, Bing, for Bingley, I, w- I went down to um, to see him and Bingley on the Sunday night. I went on the Sunday. Yeah. I-, I went with the assumption that he might give us some some good choice story. words. Yeah, some choice words. Yeah. <laughs> a decent story probably coming from it. And yeah, um, I won't swear, but um, as we're all aware, gigs in Yorkshire. There's a lot of chance of Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. Yeah, cause um, we're a proud bunch. Exactly. Yeah, and why not? And ahead of his headline set um, with the high flying birds, Noel came out and. To cries of Yorkshire, 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 and he got to the mic and went, "What's that? What's that?" And I can't really say it without, but it's no. an, it's an effing asshole, <laughs> is what he said. <laughs> Good, thank you, Noel. Uh, and there, yeah, there was a lot of other things that happened, which you can um, catch up on if you look at the review from the gig. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, Bingley. I mean. To say it started out quite small. Bingley Festival pulls in the names yeah, now. Yeah, it was good. It's a, I, I it's said a good it, festival. I had the day there, but it was really good fun. The weather was great for it as well. Yeah. The weather was slightly better than it was for Leeds Festival. Leeds yeah. was a bit... It wasn't a washout, certainly, but it was quite rainy at times. And then I think the other success story of the summer, especially in terms of bringing in names you do not see coming, would definitely be Scarborough. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before on previous episodes about the Britney coup, um, Lionel Richie, like they had Noel as well. You've well, just been stalking Noel across Yorkshire yeah, this year, haven't you, really? Exactly, yeah. And um, I think with the Britney thing, it, I think because we haven't spoke, I don't think, since Britney. She no, was, we haven't. She was for Mackie's, didn't she, as well? That Obviously, was a big standout yeah, thing. Yeah, Britney loves the Big Mac. There's your headline. Um, well, maybe she went for something else, but I'm just thinking of my own sort of late night McDonald's order, which is always inevitably a Big Mac. It's just weird, isn't it, that <laughs> that's what she desired after, like, I guess quite an energetic show, in fact. Yeah, she could have, you know, whatever swanky hotel yeah, she's yeah. in, I'm sure they do room service, she could have something really lovely brought up to her room, but nope, get me some Big Mac and chips right now. I'm enjoying it. I like it. You know, but the thing is, you know, she's from the southern US, she's a girl next door type, isn't exactly. she? She's got no airs and graces, she's down to earth. It's quite nice, quite refreshing, I think. Woman of the people. And, um... We're a little bit looking back, we should really look forward now, shouldn't we? So Yeah, summer is kind of done. The weather is taking a turn. But, so. do, but don't worry, though. There's a lot of great things coming. And obviously, I, I hate to use the C word so early, but Christmas is on the horizon. Oh, my uh, God. Halloween, obviously, bonfire night and light night as well. So there's a lot of great events which we will bring you loads of. Yeah. And just in this edition, um, well, I'll say what's coming up. We have got a exclusive chit-chat with the Ivy. <gasps> About what's, coming soon. about what's coming from that um, very swanky establishment that's set to open in the city centre. Yeah. Um, we're also going to preview Fort Bubble Festival, which is all around comic books and has been um, growing and growing in recent years. And also our colleague Christian has been chatting to All Saints. Love it. So what a bumper edition that is. Proper late 90s nostalgia. Big fan of this. Loved All Saints so much when I was a kid. Well, I'll like Christian All Saints later. We'll see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have for that. Um, <laughs> so, the Ivy... That opens very soon on Tuesday, September 25th. So we're only a couple of days away from it. Sam, are you excited for it? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think when it was first announced, we were 
getting an ivy mm. uh, which was I think back end of last year yeah it was about the um, time, yeah it? and then the frustrating thing is, is that I mean I can see why they do this they want to build the hype mm. but they announced it and then said nothing <laughs> for months and we were like okay so we've just like I said the opening date's been confirmed uh, me and you are off for a little sneak peek yeah, at the press launch event so we will do a bit of celeb spotting for you there give an idea of the sort of clientele you can probably see if you're booking a table bookings are now open as well so even though it's not open yet you, if you're desperate to go in and try the food and, and see what it's like you can book your table you now first, yeah but they're making a big deal of it like they gave out all the white roses they in did. town um, I got sent a plant a uh, lovely sort which, of white which we opened yes which yeah which came with my name on it but the boys decided to just go into anyway <laughs> probably thinking it was food it wasn't food it was a lovely floral arrangement so yeah. i can imagine the disappointment on your face <laughs> it, i mean it's lovely but we yeah. were a bit surprised yeah. <laughs> yeah um so yeah we're excited we'll be down there for the press night we're also getting a bit of a sneak peek uh, ahead of the opening so keep an eye on the leeds live pitch uh, leeds live website for those pictures and video and we'll, we'll get you inside as soon as we can and as you mentioned Sam, i went to see um the team and they give the flowers out they have three thousand of them out in the city center so wow. people listening probably got some they were based in three places uh one across the train station and then yeah. two elsewhere in the town and i went to see them out someone near the train station across from the queen's hotel and i chatted to rob hines the manager there lovely and he gave me a little flavor of what is coming up I am Rob Hines, I'm going to be the general manager of the Ivy Elite. And Rob, how's everything going today? Obviously we're here in Leeds City Centre, just tell us what's going on. What's going on? We're doing a promotion, uh, letting everyone know that our reservations lines are going live today. Uh, we're all very excited for that to be happening and looking forward to the opening on the 25th of September. And Rob, in regards to the opening, how's everything coming together? We've got a couple of weeks yet, is all the sort of final bits and pieces happening? Going really well, management training's doing really nicely, uh, we're well underway with that. Uh, we're looking forward to the staff training starting uh, next week on the 12th of September and we've just got some finishing touches to do around the venue but yeah we're very very happy with where we are. And why did you think it was important that the Ivy came to Leeds? What's the key city? Uh, Leeds has got a driving, dining and social scene at the moment and it's got a great mix of people living and working in the city, uh, great transport links to the surrounding areas and with uh, sister venues in Harriet and York I think it's a, a great addition to the, to the Yorkshire region. And this, obviously, as you mentioned, there's been other um, Ivies open elsewhere in the region and across the country. It's quite interesting what they've done, isn't it, and sort of branched out into other cities. And is that is that something which you're really excited about being part of? Definitely, I think trying to bring a, a touch of the Ivy magic to sort of different parts of the country to make it very accessible to people is quite important. I think uh, I think we've got a lot to offer, and I think that people will enjoy it. And the location's great as well, isn't it? Where you're based as well. Fantastic, Victoria Quarters, a fantastic part of the city. Um, they've done some good refurbishment work with the venue and stayed true to, to what was in there already. So. And can you give us a little hint of what we can expect from the venue itself, particularly for people that might not have been before? I think you can expect stunning interiors, uh, very relaxed environment. Sorry, I'm quite loud there. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit louder than my response. <laughs> uh, we've got marble floors, we've got wonderful looking onyx bars, uh, pendant lighting, soft furnishings around. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be very, very nice to come in. And have you had people sort of trying to have a peek through with the work going on and stuff like that? I believe, I know, I've been one of them over the last few <laughs> weeks trying to peek in. And from what I hear from the guys on site, there's, a, there's, there's quite a lot of interest as people go through. But uh, yeah, I think when, when the doors open, there's going to be something to behold. And you've got um, a few launch parties planned as well, I understand. What, what, what can we expect from them? Uh, we're just doing a couple of preview evenings before they open, just to sort of let people see a, a bit of what the Ivy is. But there's... there's Nothing big as far as I'm aware. 
And Rob, um, just to mention as well, we're obviously, as we said, we're here today with the reservations open. Can you do a bit of detail about that if you want to watch the book and find out more? Uh, again, it's the reservations line. The number is going to be on all the promo we're giving out. Uh, do you want me to read that out? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's 0113 Um Able to book all day from 8am through to the evening. Um, we've got something for everyone as well. So if you're looking for breakfast, brunch, afternoon tea, lunch, dinner... Parties. We've got it covered. We've got a full drinks list as well, cocktails and uh, wine. So it literally is something for everyone. Fantastic. Uh, good luck with everything, and thank you very much, Dan. Today. Thank you very much. That was Rob Hines, who had a quick chat with us about what's expected for the Ivy. Simon, this seems really cool. I say booking's open now, and it's opening on the 25th, and it's based in Vicar Lane. Yes, so right by Victoria Quarter and Victoria getting the south. Swanky end of town, which of course, where else would it open? Indeed. Um, yeah, so I think definitely one to keep an eye on. And like I said, just keep an eye on the website and we will bring you reviews and pictures as soon as we feasibly can. Yes, and um, just mentioning um, that neck of the woods as a siren goes past in the background, but I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> um, I think we're okay. Um, they, I just mentioned that neck of the town. They're also getting the uh, new Ralph Lauren shop open in there as well. Of course, yeah, Ralph Lauren's coming. It made me wonder, actually, because the first thing I thought when that was announced was, don't we already have one? It was yeah, one of those brands where I was like, thing, we must have one, because you see all of the brands in like the Victoria Quarter and in those lovely arcades, and you just assume we've got all bases covered, but apparently not. So now we're getting a Ralph Lauren, so Shaw fans will be very excited about that. Exactly, and moving on to our next feature on this edition. So this is a, um, a slightly different change of pace, a Thought Bubble Festival, based around sort of comics and comic books and um, basically just general art is coming back to Leeds. It is going to be running on a the date. It's going to be running on between September 17th and the 23rd. So yeah, Sam, it's like, I don't know how familiar with it, but it's been on for a few years now, and like basically it's getting bigger and bigger each year. There's a lot of great celebration of comic books, but also how to get into that field. And they also talk about like, the films that have inspired oh, okay. and that kind of stuff. It's so quite, like it's a beginner's guide as well. So yeah, it's not yeah. just one for the people that have been diehard collectors for years and years. Exactly, and I think um, I just I had a chat, obviously, with one well, of the organisers, Lisa Wood, and in fairness, like I think the whole idea she was trying to get across was that, and she's got a really interesting story to tell which I'll hear in a few minutes but I think the whole idea she's trying to get across is that actually it isn't just like you know you're maybe what people might perceive in the past geeks if you know mm-hmm. what I mean without being too rude it's actually yeah. quite it's quite open it's quite laid back it's quite chilled out it's just celebrating the arts effectively and also one of the things she does say which is quite interesting is the fact that maybe in the past like comic book type art hasn't really been viewed as sort of real traditional art if you know what I mean yeah yeah and the, the sort of snobbish view of it yeah, like something you'd hang in a gallery. But yeah. when you look at the, the skill involved, I mean, I think one thing that's really helped bring comic books and comic book literature into more of the mainstream is probably the Marvel and DC universes. So, yeah. And if you look at the sort of run of films Marvel putting out, which are just so incredibly successful, mm. um, and especially, you know, going into other cultures like Black Panther did and like they're doing with some more sort of strong female leads, I think that's sort of helping you know if people can say well actually if you really like the film you need to read the the comic books my one of the big, best examples of this is i've always loved the walk well uh, recent series not so much but the walking dead when that oh, okay. first started loved it as a lot of people did yeah and um my other half had all the comics uh, well graphic novels yeah. is there for them because they're a bit chunkier but um yeah he just gave me one of the the graphic and at first i was a bit like 
car because I'm very used to just reading books. I was like, I don't. It felt a bit, but they're brilliantly put together and the level and the of detail and the storyline. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's one of those things where you know, don't automatically assume that you're not interested because I guarantee you'll probably find something that that takes your attention. And at the very base, sort of simple levels, you've probably seen a hell of a lot of the films as well. Yes. What have stemmed from these creations? Yeah, these characters you've been so familiar with on TV and, and in films and stuff. This is where they began. This is sort of the, you know the backstories. So yeah, definitely cool. So where is the festival being held? So yes, after just checking, it's being held at Leeds Town Hall, Blenheim Square, and there are other sort of outreach bits and pieces across the city and actually across Yorkshire. There's a few like sort of schools programs as well. Oh nice. Which um, you'll hear in the interview. But yeah, it's, the, the one thing just to sort of say for the interview as well. So obviously. I mentioned Lisa is uh, well, the organiser. She's also an illustrator as well. Oh, brilliant! And it's really interesting. She talks about her journey, I guess. Mm-hmm. She talks about how uh, th- that's why I alluded to it. When it goes well, how it was maybe a snobbish view of not real art. In the yeah, past, yeah. And how difficult it was for her to get into that field. And it was really interesting. And I think that's one of the ideas of the festival is that if you know a young child or someone younger has, a, has that sort of dream and that's what they want to do for the career, mm-hmm. there's something that's trying to help them. Definitely. That so, sounds really interesting. So yeah, let's have a listen to what Lisa has to say because it was, it was a really sort of fascinating um, listen. Lisa, first of all, tell us a little bit about the festival and what we've got, got to look forward to. Um, yeah, so um, the festival starts on the 17th of September. Um, it takes place at various venues across Leeds and some in Bradford as well. We've got some school workshops in Bradford and school workshops um, uh, in connection with Leeds Library. Um, various film screenings and other things are happening that week and uh, that all builds up to the convention which takes place that weekend, the 22nd and 23rd of September, where we take over Millennium Square, Cookridge Street, and the town hall and outside the town hall and Victoria Gardens. So the heart of Leeds City Centre is where all the activity mm. happens. Um, we build three massive marquees that uh, the convention takes place in and we use the town hall as well and the carriage works for um, various panels and talks. Um, so tickets are still available for that at com or at Leeds Box Office. And um, you must have attracted a massive crowd and a really varied crowd I imagine. Yeah, like um, I set Fort Bubble up 12 years ago and um, at the beginning we, we've always had quite a good mixed audience but mm. at the beginning it was probably mainly men because um, the industry at the time was, was quite male dominated, um, a lot of readers were male um, but we've kind of tried to foster change within the industry and I think maybe like 10 years ago where changes really started happening and our attendance now is 50% women, 50% men and a big young audience as well. So we have a lot of, we have like 400 tables with a lot of independent artists and mm-hmm. creators that, that come along. It's all curated by us um, and people create their own art, their own prints, their own magazines, um, their own comics and sell them at the show. And just touch on what you said there about the, the industry change and I guess the audience changing. I think that's to do with as well the impetus being more sort of on films and like you say I've seen this year say Black Panther for argument's sake and I guess with a also a sort of view on more female-led heroes and characters as well. Yeah absolutely I think where social change has happened um, comics have changed with that and in some ways led that I mm. think in certain fields like um, the the big movement for being more inclusive to women um, started happening in comics quite a while ago. It's only just happening now, really, in Hollywood. Mm. So we have made big changes before a lot of industries. 
Um, but, I mean, in terms of the comic book industry, I think um, the way the medium has developed has been a, uh, made a big difference as well. Um, I mean, comics were always traditionally for children, young people, back when I was a child. Mm. And then you had 2000 AD coming along, which was catering more for adults and had more, dealt with more political issues. And then around that time in the 80s, you had DC creating the Vertigo Strand, where they were actively creating comics for teenagers yeah. and adults with quite adult narratives. You had comics like Sandman coming along by Neil Gaiman, um, Preacher, which had a, a very, very, very adult themes, an amazing story by Steve Dillon and Garth Ennis. Um, so with, with that change happening and the content becoming more adult, more literary and dealing with many more topics, suddenly it's a medium that's flourished and is encouraging different readers mm. from lots of different backgrounds so the female audience is, is I think that started changing when, when that started happening. And for yourself then I presume were you a fan as a young child or how did it work for you? Yeah so when I was probably about the age, it was probably about the age of nine um, I used to go to I'm from Batley and I used to go to Batley Market with my dad he used to take me and there was an old um, seconds magazine store there yeah. that used to sell all the magazines and comics that would be pulped because they were out of date. And so this was back in the early 80s, because I'm 43 now. Um, and my dad would give me 20p and I could pick up four, four comics yeah. for that. Um, so I'd, I started reading from that point on and I'd always get like Return of the Jedi Weekly, <laughs> Marvel titles, Daredevil X-Men, um, Judge Anderson. Um, and I really... I, I loved drawing, so I was kind of pulled in by this amazing art and the fantastic stories, you know, based around sci-fi, horror, that's the stuff I loved as a kid. Um, but alongside that, I, I always struggled at school because I'm dyslexic, um, so, you know, regular classes where you would be learning to read and write and to the school be using books, mm. it was always difficult for me. Like. I even remember at primary school, like going through my book with the teacher and I started reading it upside down and she was kind of like really taken back by that saying, how can you do that? But at that point it was easier for me to do that. Oh, really? It was really strange and I don't know if that's the same with other people with dyslexia. Um, but because I struggled with large bodies of text, comics were perfect for yeah. me. Um, and so I was reading these amazing stories that I loved and I was understanding them and finding the, the narrative e easy mm. to easy to understand and that really helped my reading. That's great and like you say it's probably a way in which probably not everyone else has experienced it. it's obviously quite unique to you that isn't it I guess and um, going forward into your career then did you ever expect to actually you know do it for a living effectively? <laughs> no and I, it's funny I, I always wanted to draw comics since I was very young and I, I actually remember <laughs> like um, do you remember the um, art show on the BBC? Like, to is yeah, it Tony Hart? Yeah, Tony Hart, yeah. Was it Art, art Attack? So there was, there was Art Attack on one side, wasn't there? And then there yeah. was Tony Hart. I'm not quite sure it what Tony Hart was. It was Tony Hart yeah. one. And so I remember like sending in a drawing I'd done of Luke Skywalker <laughs> and Princess Leia on the skiff barge, <laughs> on Jabba's, on Jabba's cell barge. And, and I remember that picture to this day. I was so proud of it. I remember posting that in and thinking, it's going to be displayed yeah. on the wall. But they never showed it, and I never got it back. I was so upset. <laughs> but from from that point on, I just I I always wanted to 
draw that kind of stuff mm. and draw comics. Um, and so I, I went, to, I did art at university and college. Um, I did a degree of fine art at Bradford University. And even though I was really into comics around that time and I was drawing that kind of stuff, it, it was discouraged, it, it was kind of frowned upon, it was, it was not really seen as a worthy art form mm. and I was told that uh, it was something I shouldn't pursue because I wouldn't, nobody can get into comics and nobody can get paid for, for it. And, um, you know, unfortunately I paid attention to that and I listened, so I never pursued that career. I did some like freelance illustration after leaving uni and um, I trained as a 35mm projectionist and worked in comic book shops. Um, I, wor I worked at Travelling Man Leeds, uh, the comic book shop, yeah. and it was at that point I decided to set up Thought Bubble. And I think through meeting people at Thought Bubble, industry professionals, like I was already a little known in the industry, yeah. but then when I started posting out online, people were like, you can draw, you're good. And I was <laughs> like, do you think I'm good, really? And, and very quickly it happened from there that I started getting really? work. So I, it was always in my heart to do that and I wanted to do it, but I never... But eventually you got there obviously one way though. Yeah, and I think maybe in a roundabout way, <laughs> I was kind of... I mean, I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. No, like no. Pursuing, pursuing an, uh, an art career by setting up a crazy festival <laughs> festival that's like so massive. And but I guess as well, and looking from the outside then, at the festival, maybe do people have the opportunity to maybe talk about pursuing a career obviously is that, is that something you try and encourage as well absolutely and and that was one of my goals when i set up at the beginning it was to um really kind of bring you use the comics medium to educate and have and have fun with and to, uh, to be able to teach literacy and mm. creative workshops to give young people the opportunity to hear stories from industry professionals people that have of, that kind of get paid to write scripts for Hollywood, to draw com to draw comics, to write comic scripts. There's such a big connection between Hollywood, the movie industry, and comics at the moment. Hollywood's constantly looking for content, yeah. and they look to comics quite a lot for that. Um, so that was that was a big goal for me, and um, you know because Fort Bubbles really flourished over the years we've really been able to develop and expand our educational side. So. Mm -hmm. Every year we put on a series of free talks, um, free workshops, um, free, free panel talks, and then there are obviously panel talks included in the convention ticket. Um, every year at the convention we have industry professionals and editors who give portfolio reviews. So if you're um, a, a, an artist who wants feedback on their drawings, you, you could meet Will Dennis, the uh, DC editor yeah. and image editor, this year, and he will give you feedback. And what, what a great opportunity that is. Yeah, and, and you know, in, in the same vein, like previous years, we've had um, Eric Stevenson from Image Comics, who's been taking submissions to um, Image Comics publish The Walking Dead. Mm. And so he would hear pictures from people. So if you had a story, an idea, you could go sit with him and say, this is what I want to do. I have this artist lined up or I don't have an artist lined up. Do you think the story is good enough to develop? Or I have 10 pages already written, what yeah. do you think? And so the, there are so many opportunities there. And it's not just about people that are heavily into comics coming to the show. Um, we, we are an art festival and mm. we have so many tables of people just creating their own art 
um, creating enamel pins, making things. There's there's a massive craft scene in Leeds. And I guess um, it's what you were alluding to a bit earlier on, maybe that obviously now it's all seen as part of one art, big art sort of movement, isn't it, yeah. exactly? Whereas, whereas in the past, maybe it was sort of seen as a bit more niche and yeah. obviously you couldn't stand toe to toe with maybe the more conventional stuff, as you would argue, people might argue. So now you've got this like, obviously nice mix as well, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much there for everyone. And, you know, especially for young people, we're, we're taking over Victoria Gardens this year and we have tents tents along there and an exhibition that are entirely free mm. um, where children I mean children this this is all free to uh, everyone this part but I mean children under the age of 12 and adults over the age of 65 are all free to the convention anyway yeah. so if you have grandparents they could bring their own children and come to and the that's free, free. Adult, yeah. yeah but on Victoria Gardens we actually have a series of tents and outdoor spaces that we're utilising, we're putting uh, an augmented reality oh, exhibition wow. in there that anyone can come along and visit and view, um, where it's um, illustrations created by uh, attending artists mm. um, and you use your phone to view the animation. Oh, it's amazing, amazing. Yeah. it really is a sight to behold, it's incredible. And then in one of the tents we have a whole series of young people's workshops which include making your own short stop motion animation film um, making superhero costumes, <laughs> we have a massive mural on the wall where children can just come and draw, or a mural on the floor where they can draw. There's so many things for, for families to do. That's great. And one thing I was going to ask as well, which I tend to ask when I speak to people who organise festivals, do you get a chance to enjoy it while you're there, or is it more just a quite stressful sort of period of time? How does it work? <laughs> I did mention earlier on the stress of the festival, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. But yeah, anybody that's involved in events knows that you spend the entire year planning something and yeah. the closer it gets it's like a countdown <laughs> happening and you know when when you care so much about what you do when you're very passionate about it and and the the attendance is so large you have to make sure that that it works mm. and that everyone's happy you know i've i've i think most festivals recently um, I, I've probably managed to sit in on a panel or at least speak to a couple of creators it's that some I really involved admire. In there, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, you know, there's a lot going on. It's, it doesn't always work that way. I can imagine. And um, could you just remind us again when the festival's taking place? Yeah, so uh, the festival as a whole starts on the 17th of September at various venues around Leeds and some in Bradford. Um, but the main part of the festival is the Comic Convention Weekend. Mm. Um, that's the 22nd and 23rd of September and it takes place on Millennium Square and all around the area. Fantastic. Good luck with all. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, so that is our preview for Fort Bowl Festival, which runs between uh, September 17th and the 23rd. Uh, Sam, you said earlier you're excited. This is our final feature of this edition, all about All Saints. Mm. You are coming to Leeds later this year in December, on December 11th. Um, how big of a fan are you then, Sam? What are we talking? They're very much, it's a nostalgia thing for me. So when I was, because um, they were sort of big, what, sort of late... 90s, early noughties, yeah, that, that kind of thing. Area. So let's, oh Christ, let's do the maths. So I was sort of around 12, 13. So okay. sort of, you know, just, just about becoming a teenage girl. So they were one of the first sort of girl bands for me. I really loved probably post-Spice Girls, obviously. Yeah. Um, And it's it's funny that we've obviously we've got this interview with them for this episode because I was um doing the washing up, listening to Radio 2, as you do, all very rock and roll. And they had a recording of... Uh, from the BBC Two, the festival they did in oh, Hyde Park the weekend, that. Yeah, yeah, I heard and they that. had a recording of them doing Pure Shores, and I was like, oh I my god, I love this band! Like it just reminded me so much of 
it's just really I don't think it's anything necessarily complicated about all this you know what I mean it's just really good pop and it's a girl band and they've always been you know they've always been quite I think solid as a group they've yeah. always been not girl power in the same way the Spice Girls was but they were sort of strong women do you know what I mean I, I they feel, were good role models I feel there's like even though they obviously do different things I feel I always thought there was a, quite a contrast between Spice Girls and All Saints yeah well they're all a lot more sort of urban yeah um, and a lot more sort of R&B I think than the Spice it wasn't just like bubblegum pop no. but yeah, listening to them, listening to that recording on Radio 2, I was like, ooh, they've still got it. They still sounded really good. The atmosphere sounded really good. So It's funny you mentioned that Radio 2 thing because I was in the car the other day and I was driving back on a journey and I was flicking for the radio and I was sort of in the mood to get some music on so I just yeah. like, I fell into Radio 2 really and um, I listened to it pretty much live. Like, I heard yeah. a bit of All Saints. It was quite a long journey so it was a really eclectic lineup. Oh, yeah. They had like All Saints on there. Kylie and Donovan, uh, Jason Donovan yeah. would be united, didn't they? They did especially for you. Which Ka- is Kylie and Jason. Yeah. Um, I think Manage Street Features might have played. And it was like Boy Zone as well. Oh, was, feel good one. It was just a bit like, <laughs> this is quite a mix of artists. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'd, um, they were on as well. And Sam, I wanted to just quiz you, and I have to admit, I had to Google this. Oh, gosh. But I'm. Uh, Are you going to make me name the members of All Saints? Yes. Um, so you've obviously. <laughs> d- 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 you don't have to. I'm gonna, I will say right away. Oh, my God, I think I can do it. I will say, I mean, I, I, I before Google, I knew the surnames of one, maybe two. Yeah. But, uh, well, no, freaks, because there's a reason why I'd know the surname of two, probably. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I will accept first names, but if you can get all the surnames, great. Okay, so, Melanie Blatt? That's good, because that's the one I want to go. That's the one that popped in my head. And then you've got the Appleton sisters, which is where I'm struggling because I know there's two of them but their names have completely left me. I want to say Nicole that's, Appleton. That's one. It's not another Melanie, is it? No, it's not Melanie. It's not a Melanie. Sort of and you've got Chazney Lewis. Yep, got that. So you just need the first name. So I just name. need the first name of the other Appleton. Oh, God. Um, so it's Nicole Appleton. The, 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 the shouting this now, aren't they? The shouting they you really tell. are, yeah. Uh-huh. No, it's no. gone. I can't get there. You're going to tell me and I'm going to hate myself. So, yeah, you've got Oliver's right. You've got Oliver's surnames right as well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Natter the Appleton. Oh, of course. It's another N yeah. name. Ah, I do okay. seem to recall as well, um, post All Saints, didn't they go together as Appleton? I think there was like a duo. I think duo there was there. a thing, yeah. They had a dalliance with a duo career. Um, but, yes, we're glad to see them back together as a four. Absolutely. Um, I'm incredibly impressed. I remember Chasney Lewis gr- and Melanie Black. Like. I think I'd have got Chasney, I think. I wouldn't have got the other one. I think no. It, no. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Melanie. I'll never forget that. <laughs> 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 Nothing uh, personal. So they're coming to the O2 Academy on Tuesday, December 11th, um, and our colleague Christian interviewed them. Well, right then. Um, so you guys are coming to Leeds uh, in the build-up to Christmas. Before we come on to Leeds itself then, what's it like performing in the build-up to Christmas? Because I can imagine that everybody's in a really good place and you get a really good vibe from the crowd. Just made me panic. Sorry, this is Sam because I was just thinking, oh my god, that's gonna mean I'm gonna need to do all my Christmas shopping.
So in, in terms of when you guys come to Leeds then, um, obviously, you know, it's the release of the new album. How has it been received so far? Because you released it back in the summer, I believe. And what's, what's the reaction been like from your fans so far? And how does the how's the sound sort of changed over time? Because whenever your name is mentioned, I must be honest, Pure Shores just comes to mind. I absolutely love that song, and I know so many of your fans must love it as well. But how has your sound changed over time from from way back then to what it is now? What's different now? Um, well, we've worked with the same, more or less the same people, especially one of the main core producers, KG. So the essence of what we're about is still there with the vocals and you know, certain things in the music are still there. I think the only thing that's probably changed is, especially with writing these last two albums, because we have just done it ourselves, I, I personally feel like what's changed is that they feel more, um, like they, they they gel more together. Like, I, I personally think, like, some of the songs on our last albums were a bit disjointed because... You know, sometimes when you're sort of like being under the umbrella of a label, you're kind of focusing on singles and, you know, certain songs that might work in this country or like where at this time around, we were just able to create. So for me, the songs, they complement each other a lot more and they just work better together as a body of work. And coming on, you know, sort of in reaction to that, this is your fifth album now. Do you feel that you guys are maturing sort of your, not just for your sort of audience, but you guys yourselves, your songwriting, your, you know, when you're up on stage, do you feel now that it's, you, you've matured since, since when you first started out? Naturally. I think it'd be quite worrying if we had <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and quite magical and spooky too. Yeah. What, what was that? Magical and spooky as well. I think it'd be great if looking the same as well. And what's it, what was it like coming back after 10 years out? That must have been quite daunting, but also quite exciting at the same time. Because, you know, I can imagine stepping out of the industry for 10 years is, is a long time to be out of things for. Yeah, definitely. I'd say definitely daunting, for sure. Um, but then I, I think, like, when we sort of... Releasing the first out, the, the last album, Red Flag, was probably quite daunting, too. I feel like... For me, probably the, the most ex the excitement really kicked in when we did our um, Red Flag tour. That, because it was like the first time we'd gone on tour since the 90s, because um, back then we only managed to do one tour. So when we went on tour with, with Red Flag, you know, that, that for me was when I felt like um, it was something really, you know, just exciting to look forward to because it was something we hadn't really done. And I feel the same about this tour coming up. I'm excited to go back in with the girls and our band and create a show and, you know, working on things and how we can make it better and just all those aspects I'm looking forward to. And obviously you're coming up to Leeds. Now here in Yorkshire we like to pride ourselves on being very proud of where we're from. 
Have you performed yeah. in front of Yorkshire crowds before? And, and how, how does a Yorkshire crowd differ from, from say, a London crowd? <laughs> we've, got there. we've got lots of like, friends and family as well that, that come from around there and um, yeah it's, all, it's like I think throughout the, the musical community it's always it's just a known thing that Northern Crowds yeah. are really good yeah Fantastic stuff. And one final question for me then. So obviously I mentioned, you know, the build-up to Christmas. Can can any of the fans, it seems mad to be talking about it now, but can they expect some little Christmassy numbers from you guys to get them in the in the mood for Christmas just a couple of weeks after you arrive here in Leeds? There's a lot. There's a lot. You've seen in uh, Mean Girls that what we're recreating. What's that? I've not seen that. Oh, really? Have they done that? I can't remember. That's what we're doing. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. <laughs> Going on. <laughs> Brilliant. A massive treat for, for us guys up here. Everybody loves Mean Girls, let's be honest. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really Thank appreciate you. it. Oh, and, really um, so much. Best Thank of luck when you come up to Leeds. Thank you. So, yes, if you'd like to see All Saints, they will be at the O2 later in this December, um, supporting their new album Testament, and all the details for that will be on the story accompanying the um, podcast. And also, if you just Google it, you'll get the tickets that way. Um, yeah, and Sam. We're nearly at the end of this edition, but we have a bit of news, don't we? This is like a really shan drum roll for you. But we don't want to break the table, so we can't do it too high. <laughs> yeah, that as well. Yes, we have an exciting announcement uh, about a new venture for Best in Leeds that's uh, being rolled out soon. Craig, do you want to reveal what it is? Yes, we are going to be launching the Best in Leeds Awards. Dun, 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 dun. So we're not going to give you too much details right now, but it's going to be basically the idea of the awards is going to be celebrating the everything that makes Leeds great. So, because yeah. obviously looking at your sort of your cultural side of things, your food and drink, your venues, that kind of stuff. What, what, what makes you happy to live and sort of enjoy the city, basically? Yeah, because we need you guys for this. This isn't about us saying who we're nominating no. as to being the best in Leeds. This is about you telling us the places that you love, putting forward your favourite restaurants, cafes, pubs, events, everything. You, we've got a full list of categories. Um, and then the winners are entirely judged by you. Indeed, and we got a few little special plans for launching the awards, which we won't reveal just right now, but if you keep your eye out on them, I'm sure we will tell you more details towards the end of this month. And then the awards are looking to start in October. But the hour of work is we're looking for your nominations, and then we'll get a shortlist together, and then you can vote away for your favourites. Yep, everything is decided by you guys. So, like I said, as soon as those nominations are open, we will be shouting loud about it across our social channels, I imagine. Indeed, and probably on here. Exactly. So it's all about you deciding what uh, businesses, what venues, the places that you think deserve some recognition, because it's all about celebrating the best in Leeds. Exactly. We'd love to find some unsung heroes as well, I think. Absolutely, yeah. There's such a strong independent... Um, sort of, you know, market in the city. It'd be really good to bring out some of the ones that maybe aren't as well known or don't get shouted about, but you'd love them. Like, tell us who they are. Let, let us go and see I'm them. looking forward to finding some surprises. I'm sure we will. I'm sure in every category there'll be something. Oh, I didn't expect that. That'd yeah, nice. but I feel absolutely. So, yeah, uh, if you keep your eye out on our website, Leeds Live, we're going to tell you more about that. And obviously, as ever, if you keep looking there, you've got the latest sort of food and drink features, music, theatre, arts, everything you could want, really. And I think that's probably time to say goodbye, as it sounds. Yep, I think so. Until next time. Cheerio.